John, what do you want for Christmas? Harry, all I want for Christmas this year uh, is a co-host uh, who doesn't turn up an hour late and hungover. Okay, well, that's that's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, okay, well, good luck. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, expect too much. I never do. Good. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how, how that could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the box set. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week is Elf. It's part, Elf. Part, part two of the Christmas season. Yeah. Is that why you sound so festive this week? Mm, yeah. Well, this was your choice, so explain. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this would be a good film to do on the podcast. I saw it, I think last year, last Christmas maybe, but obviously not for the podcast. And uh, normally, I really don't like Will Ferrell movies. Okay. But for some reason, I really enjoyed this one. Okay. I don't know why. I also don't know what it is that I don't like about Will Ferrell. Or what movies of his that I've seen. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What have you <laughs> seen him in apart from this? Blades of Glory. Mm-hmm. And did you like that? No. Okay. Talladega Nights, is that him or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, th- I think that's it. Oh, that- Anchorman. I've not seen Anchorman. Okay, fine. Well, we'll never do it on here because you got a disappointing sequel a couple of years ago. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so um, Elf, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. It's Christmassy. I know it's very popular. It is so, very popular, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's nice to do a popular film every now and then. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this film? <laughs> um, so hey, you're going to have to lead most of the conversations in this podcast. All right, fine. <laughs> what else is new? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want me to slap you or something? No. Snap out of it. No. No, okay. <laughs> the look you're giving me right now. I'm always tempted to slap you just to see what would happen, but I don't think it would yeah, end. Punch up. you. Yeah, I know you I don't doubt it for a second. I had a dream last night I punched you. Really? Yeah. Don't know why. What, what did I do wrong? I hadn't learned it. No. <laughs> just, just, just what our relationship is now. <laughs> no, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I don't dislike Will Ferrell, but for somebody as famous as he is, he's not really been in that much that's memorable, I don't think. I guess, yeah. Do you like, know what I mean? Well, I kind of disagree, because things like this and Anchorman, they're very well-known and quite memorable mm. roles. Like, I'm guessing with Anchorman. Oh, no, they are, um, absolutely. But uh, he, he only does Will Ferrell movies. That might be it, yeah. Maybe I don't see a lot of Will Ferrell movies, because I've not seen... I've seen Anchorman. It's mm. okay. It's funny. I think I like Will Ferrell more as a supporting actor than as a leading actor. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Mm. But, like, I mean, it feels like he had a moment in around 2002, 2003, when he, he had... Old School, which was another big hit that he was in, which I've not seen. He was in this, and he was in Anchor Man. Mm. And they all came out in the space of, I think, two or three years, and they were all huge. Mm-hmm. And then since then, I think there's been a lot of films, but not, not a lot of them are very memorable. I was looking at his yeah, like true. filmography. So yeah, there's Blades of Glory, mm-hmm. not seen. Um, Step Brothers with John C. Rowley, mm-hmm. supposed to be quite funny. Sure. I've not seen it. No. The Other Guys? Nope. Nope. Daddy's Home? Nope. Nope. I saw him in like, a dramatic film called... Stranger Than Fiction with Emma Thompson. That was okay, but that wasn't really a typical Will Ferrell film. Mm. Well, maybe that proves that he doesn't just do Will Ferrell movies. Because I was going to compare him to Jim Carrey, who sure. clearly doesn't do just Jim Carrey movies. Sure. However, there is very much a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I also enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think he's the reason it is a fun movie. Mm. I was watching this and I was thinking, oh, you're, you're really funny in this. Because I don't think it's 
the most brilliantly written film in the world. I think it's pretty connect the dots. But he gets a lot of opportunities to be funny. And he does a lot of really good physical comedy in it. I was kind of watching this, like, for the first half, I was like, you're really good. You're really funny. Mm. This is I can see why you're appealing. Mm-hmm. And then about halfway through, I was like, yeah, you're still doing well. It's not that you've got annoying, but I'm kind of had enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that completely. Yeah. Like the first half of this film is great because it introduces you to the world and the character and that's when all the best jokes are. Things like mm. him opening the jack-in-the-boxes. Yes, I love that. Yeah. It's a great scene. Him on the escalator. My favourite scene, him yeah. on the escalator. By far my favourite scene, yeah. That was just great physical comedy. Yeah, like- yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, there's a, f- a few little bits like that. The the small world that he's in, like when he's taking a shower and he's mm. and the shower curtain comes onto like his stomach. Yeah. But then, yeah, the second half, it really... When it gets into, I guess, the plot of the movie... Sure. It falls down. So it's a movie that's got a good concept and a bad plot. I would agree. Yeah, it doesn't quite land. Oh, the, that sounds really negative. Like I said, I've, I think f- for a Christmas film, you know, it, it's brainlessly fun and watchable. Mm. I can definitely see why people love it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can see why it does well. And it's one, probably one of those things if we'd seen it as a child, we'd only have good memories. It's also very American. That is true, yeah. Like, not that I've got anything against American films, obviously. Mm. I, I like most American films. But this one just really kind of, I don't know, there's something about it, there's something about its style that just is a bit much for me. I agree. I feel like it doesn't have as much Christmas spirit as it thinks it does. Mm. When you compare it to something like The Holiday, which, yeah. I don't know if that's an American movie, but obviously half of it is very American. Sure. That one really does kind of get a Christmassy spirit to it, I feel. Mm-hmm. Without it being all about Christmas Day and stuff. Sure, 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 yeah. Well, I was thinking more about other kind of Santa Claus-related films, like magical Christmas films. Like, I didn't feel like this film went on a particularly emotional journey. Like, it kind of ticked the boxes of being like, yeah, he wants to reconnect with his dad, and his dad rejects him, and then his dad finds his Christmas spirit. But I didn't really, for some reason, I didn't really buy into that too much. And that's why the second half of the film was kind of blah. Mm-hmm. I much preferred him just running around being silly. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't feel like it really told me anything about why Christmas is special, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it didn't have a much, much of a sense of, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It was just like, oh, he wants to find his dad. Oh, and he has. Great. Movie's over now, I guess. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but the end when they all come together and sing the Christmas carol to power the sleigh, I was kind of like, okay. You know? (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. Like, I I completely phased out by that point. Mm. Hi, Leon. Why the long face, partner? It seems I'm not an elf. Of course you're not. You're six foot three and had a beard since you were 15. Papa says my real father lives in a magical place far away. I don't know what to do. At least you have it, Daddy. I was just rolled up one day and left out here in the cold. The thing is, I've, I've never even left the North Pole. Buddy, I've been around the world many times when I was a young cumulus nimbus cloud. It's a wonderful place filled with wondrous creatures. Except dogs. Oh, by the way, don't eat the yellow snow. Oh, I know that. All I'm saying is this might be the golden opportunity to find out who you really are. I guess this is the point to do the plot summary, which is my turn this week because you chose the film. So that doesn't make sense. It really should just be the person who chooses the film doing the plot summary. Do you want to do the plot summary then? I think that's probably better. Okay, go ahead. Take it away. What is the plot of Elf? We start off in an orphanage. Buddy is this baby that gets put down to sleep. And then Santa comes along, starts giving presents out. Buddy looks out of his cot, climbs out of his cot somehow. Um, God knows how. Mm-hmm. A very agile baby. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, he sees that there's a teddy bear in Santa's sack, so he crawls into Santa's sack to come play with the teddy bear. And then Santa doesn't realise until Santa gets back to the North Pole, and Buddy crawls out. And then Buddy gets given to this old elf, oldish elf. Don't know how old he's supposed to be. Mm. Old elves live. That was my question. Well, I had, I had many. <laughs> this film gave me many questions. Yes. Um, one of which, well, first of all, it's Bob Newhart, who's a famous American actor. Mm. You'll have seen him in loads of things, but he's, he's one of those, he just plays, you know, old, droll guy and everything. Mm-hmm. I think he does a lot of voice work as well. Yeah. But yeah, I was wondering watching this film, are elves mortal? Because Santa Claus is presumably immortal, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. he lives forever. Yeah. But do elves get old and die? I, and just have babies and replace each other? Okay. Like, do we see baby elves in this, or child elves? No, I mean, you don't see any baby elves, but he's, Bob Newhart is clearly older old. than the other elves so yeah. is that like a seniority thing or? I don't know because I was thinking I, I had a lot of dark thoughts during this film I don't know why probably because <laughs> it was so light and fluffy that I couldn't help but go to the dark place uh, but I was thinking so Will Ferrell is a human in an elf world mm. does that mean he's the only one who's going to die like is he going to get old and die in elf life if he didn't go back to human well, world actually like they do go through school don't they they do yes yeah, so maybe elves do just have like a natural life cycle mm. yeah but yeah so essentially Will Ferrell is then brought up by Bob Newhart was it yeah Papa Elf um, yeah and, uh, who I can't think of a single other person who would, is less suited to being in an elf costume than, than Bob <laughs> Newhart. It's so funny. Yeah, he works well. <laughs> he looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So he brings up Buddy. Uh, the name in Buddy because that's what was on like his blanket or something. It's the brand of diapers he wears. Buddy John's diapers or something. Sure. The girl called him John. Maybe it wasn't Buddy John. I don't know. It was something. Sure. It's a brand of diapers. It felt like product placement. Mm. And uh, yeah, so he has to live as an elf essentially, but. He's a human. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know that he's human. He no. just thinks that he's special. Yes. That he's extra tall and he's better at basketball than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, other such montages. <laughs> yeah. They get a lot of good, like, physical gags out of this. Like you said, the, there's really the scene of him in the bathtub, which he's far too big for. Mm. He spends a lot of time sitting on Papa John's. Mm-hmm. Papa Elf, not Papa John. He spends a lot of time sitting on Papa Elf's lap, which would crush his pelvis, really. Like, mm-hmm. if that was actually to scale. But, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, yeah, he's really bad at... He may be good at basketball, but he's definitely bad at elf-related things, like making presents and yeah, yeah. generally doing elf things. So mm-hmm. so then, at one point, he overhears a conversation about two mean elves saying... <laughs> two oh, mean elves. Am I wrong? <laughs> they, they weren't evil. They were just being a bit gossipy and bitchy, but yeah, sure. True, yeah. They weren't, they're not the villains of the piece. Yeah. They're saying, like, oh, he doesn't even know that he's human or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, Buddy goes and confronts Santa about it, I think. Mm-hmm. And Santa says, oh, yeah, your dad works in the Empire State Building in New York but he's on the naughty list. No! <laughs> also, why are adults still on the nice and naughty list? I don't know. Well, have they not graduated off it at that point? Where do they, where do they get their presents from? Well, well, that's another question I have, but we'll get to that later, because <laughs> that's that's a whole conversation in itself. Mm. But, yeah, are adults still getting presents from Santa in this universe? Okay, sure. Um, Maybe it's like the heaven and hell list. It's like the good place. Yeah. So then Buddy gets onto a uh, an iceberg and floats his way to New York. Yeah, somehow survives um, yeah. the long journey with no food and supplements mm-hmm. or, and then freezing cold, presumably, and just his very cheap-looking elf outfit, but mm-hmm. sure. Yes. So yeah, he goes the whole way to New York, well, goes into the Empire State Building and actually makes his way straight to his dad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no struggle in that at all, which I wasn't really expecting the first time through. I thought it was going to be more of a quest to find his dad as opposed to just like, boom, there's his dad straight away. Yeah, they they, they skip a lot of stuff in this film, mm. which is fine. It's a 90-minute Christmas film. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, Oh, I'm back on a quest to find my dad. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Next scene, he's living with him. Yeah. Mm. yeah, so his dad initially rejects him, just like, well, this is ridiculous. He thinks he's, what is it, like... Just a crazy person? 
No, as in like somebody who's supposed to come in and like sing them a Christmas. Oh, an alphagram, yeah. Yeah. You know, like a singing, the person who gets sent to sing to people. Okay. It's more popular in America than here. Yeah. You, know, you can hire people to sing. Yes, and so he gets rejected and gets uh, sent out of the building. But then he walks into a Christmas shop, which is a retail store, explores around there a little bit, and then somebody sees him in the elf costume and just like, hey, you're supposed to be on the fourth floor or something, and that's the main Christmas section, or Santa's Grotto or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Santa? <laughs> I don't know why he gets so excited about Santa. He spent his whole life with Santa. Yeah, mm. it's weird. Mm. Well, I guess, it, how long was he on the iceberg, really? Maybe it was months. Maybe True. it's been a long time since he's seen Santa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there he meets uh, Zoe Deschanel, mm-hmm. who is just working at the shop, but is also wearing some kind of elf costume, well, essentially. she's working as an elf, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, then turns out to see Santa. It's not the real Santa, but... Oh, no, Santa's coming tomorrow, isn't he? And then that's when Buddy stays there the whole night and redecorates the whole building. Mm. Yes, because the store manager, mm-hmm. or at least the department manager, mistakes him for a guy who's presumably actually working there as mm-hmm. an elf. Yeah. What happens to that guy? Well, the guy who he thought he was. Yeah. Uh, well, there was no guy. He was just like, oh, there's another person dressed as an elf. I guess that there's been an extra person number of staff put on or whatever. That's not a very attentive boss. No. No, it's like, not. <laughs> <laughs> and like at the end of the day, when just like, good, tomorrow's going to be a great day. Good teamwork, guys. Great team. Yeah. And it's just like, the guy who's saying that, Zoe Deschanel and Buddy. Yeah. It's like, great team. You, you've not met one of these people before. Yeah, if you don't recognise one third of you your entire You literally don't know his name. <laughs> yeah. Just some weirdo who's walked in off the streets is now yeah. just getting free reign to stay overnight. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure he didn't get permission to stay overnight, but still. Yeah, he stays over and he decorates the whole place. And then Santa comes tomorrow and it's not real Santa, obviously. A fight ensues, which is... The Santa guy gets very violent very quickly. He does, yeah. <laughs> Apparently they could only film that in one take because it, they destroyed so much stuff in the store that they couldn't do it again. Well, Yeah, so it's like, it's one or out. Right? <laughs> and they also had to shoot the kids' reaction shots separately because it was, it was so violent that... It was dangerous to have the kids on set. So. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, so that, so that happened, and then Buddy gets... Does he leave, or what happens? Well, I'm pretty oh, sure he's he, fired. Yeah, no, no, he gets sent to jail. Oh, yeah, he gets, to, he, he gets, he gets jailed, to, and he gets a restraining order. Yeah. Yes, and so... Which he thinks is a present. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he gets his one phone call, he phones his dad, and his dad comes and bails him out, takes him to the doctor's or something, and John Favreau gives him a DNA test. Yes. Which turns out to be... True and quite instant, you know, which obviously DNA tests aren't pretty much instant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of those fancy Insta DNA yeah. tests, yeah. Yeah, so he is actually his son or whatever. So he gets taken home where they meet the missus. I don't know what her name is. Well, the actress is Mary Steenburgen. Cool. What do I know her from? She's in loads of things. Uh, I'm thinking of things you've seen. She's in Orange is the New Black. She is the mom of Paul and Stash, the one who adopts Adia's baby. That might be it. Yeah. She's, she's one of those actresses again. Mm. You'd, like Bob Newhart. You've seen him in loads of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, she accepts the situation... Very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah, instantly. Yeah. She is... Um, I mean, she has no character in this film. No. She is in this film as supportive wife. Y- yes. Like, she has literally that's no personality and no agency in this film whatsoever. Mm. That's, that's pretty much as far as I got. I mean, I watched it. Yeah. Like, so then it's Christmas or something, and then Santa's trying to of all the presents but the engine's not working properly and doesn't have enough belief so yeah his, the his Santa sleigh runs go. on Christmas spirit yeah mixed with a high powered rocket yes which is not working yeah so that's not working so well Buddy has to save the day mm-hmm. there's something about Central Park and then Zoe Deschanel sends a Christmas carol and then has a baby or something pretty much yes yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you've made this. You've made a strong case for switching the plot summaries around. Because <laughs> you nailed that one. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. What the interesting bits? You got, you got, mo- you got mostly there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> are you enjoying the view? You are very good at decorating that tree. Why are you messing with me? Did Krampa put you up to this? I'm not messing with you. It's just nice to meet another human who shares my affinity for elf culture. (laughs) I'm just trying to get through the holidays. Get through? Christmas is the greatest day in the whole wide world! Please stop talking to me. Uh Uh-oh. Sounds like someone needs to sing a Christmas carol. Go away. You mentioned Zoe Deschanel there, but you Mm. didn't talk too much about it. So she is the obligatory romantic co-lead in this film. Yes. Do you think this Christmas movie really needed a romantic subplot? Not even slightly. No. No. It just, again, it just raised more questions. Y- yeah. Because, well, first of all, it was how, really... First of all, how old is he? How old, yeah. how old is Buddy? Because they said he's had a beard since he was 15 or something. Yeah. And, like, well, he's clearly not still, like, a teenager. No. Or early 20s. Well, Will Ferrell was, like, 38. Yeah. And Zoe Deschanel was, like, 23. Okay, well, at the time, yeah. Okay, okay well, that's one thing. Yeah, um, but that's also, standard for Hollywood films. Yeah. yeah, but like, so the last twenty years, you know, mm. since he was eighteen, okay, I guess he's past adolescence, but he's just not really been acting on it. Well, that was my thought. It's it really seems like he has the mind of a child. Yes. You know what I mean? And not, then, not the mind of an elf, the mind of a child. Yeah, he's absolutely has a case of total arrested development. He he is basically a child in a man's body in this film, mm-hmm. and yet. A, she's somewhat attracted to that, which mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Also, yeah, the film decides to end with him and her having a baby. So, quite shortly after the film concludes, we can we can only assume they have established a healthy sex life. Uh, yes. That seems weird. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. I struggle to imagine them in a baby-making scenario. I'd love to, though. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, okay, whatever turns you on, whatever, whatever does it for you. Maybe a fun scene. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's part of me would have liked the sex. Like, like in bit, like Big handles that quite well. Mm. It, it, I mean, that was in, in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. But actually, quite, not entirely dissimilar. Uh, but this film really just kind of like, I don't know, glazed over that whole thing. Yes, it did. But why have it at all? I don't think this film needed him to have a romantic... And I think it took time no. away from the father-son relationship, mm. which is what the film is about, but which is also not very interesting because you don't really get a lot of time with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with mm. that. Um, what do you think of her hair? Zoe Deschanel's hair? Yeah. It's weird to see her as a blonde. Yes, she's never been blonde before no. or since. Yeah. Yeah, it looked weird. Yeah. Her. It was distracting. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I mean, again, she didn't really have anything to do. Like, but, she had more to do yeah. than, the, than the old man's wife, mm-hmm. but really all she had to do was... Be his love interest. But like Zoe Deschanel, she's good at playing quirky, offbeat characters. That's mm-hmm. her whole thing. Yeah. So why not make her a little bit of an oddball, a little bit of an outsider as well? So maybe that's why they're drawn together because neither of them are yeah. quite, you know. But instead she's just like, oh, I'm just a girl who likes to sing. <laughs> that's it. Like, this film really underserves her in particular. Would you say this is the Love Actually of this year? I don't think there's anything like actively sexist or horrible in the way that I find a lot of Love Actually genuinely offensive. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of thoughtless and it's not very ambitious. Mm. It doesn't really aim to be... Okay, actually, the main thing for me is that this film is a one-man show. Yes. It is 100% the Will Ferrell show. Yes. And nobody else gets to be remotely entertaining, particularly. 
Um, what's his face? Pepper Ralph does a little bit. He's only in like two scenes, but yeah, he's yeah he's somewhat funny. Yeah, but yeah, everybody else is just there to serve the plot. Yes, entirely. Right? And I think that's why by the end of the film, I was kind of bored of Will Ferrell because I was like, you're kind of just the only thing this film has to offer, and I'm mm. kind of I've seen all your tricks now. Mm. Right? So yeah, because I felt like the dad as well. Like he didn't really get to. I think he should have been more miserly. He should have been like a proper Scrooge. Mm. I felt like they were hinting at it in that first scene when he's like telling the nun that her book deal has fallen through or something. Mm. Or she, he's taking the books away from the children. I don't know, it was something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, great, so you're Mr. Burns or you're Ebenezer Scrooge. Okay, yeah. great. But apart from that, he just seemed like he was kind of overworked. Yeah. He didn't really have much of a journey to go on, particularly. Well, even at the end, like, he still wasn't really... He wasn't singing the carol. No, yeah. He hadn't really sort of grown as a personal, accepted buddy as his son, mm. particularly. Well, I think he sort of had, but it didn't really register because it's just kind of... He didn't hug him or anything. No, I guess... I mean, Buddy probably hugged him, but... Sure, yeah, yeah. He didn't hug Buddy, which would oh, be a difference. Yeah, I suppose that's right, yeah. Again, I know we're talking about a children's Christmas film, so it doesn't have to be too deep, but... Yeah, it just doesn't really go on any kind of emotional journey, and a lot of mm. Christmas films that I like really do. They have mm. these little moments that are like, oh, that's quite, you know, that's heart-wrenching, that's mm-hmm. actually quite sweet, you know, you think of yeah. you know, any one of them, really. Like Home Alone, when they, you know, the, the parents come home and, you know, the mum sees them again, and you, know, yeah. you, you, you get a bit choked up, and... Even even stuff like the Santa Claus, they all have their little moments. And this film just, yeah, it, it, this film just felt a little bit. When you say it's too American, I agree. It's like very slick, and it ticks all the boxes, and it just kind of it's workmanlike. Mm. It doesn't really have a magical quality to me, mm-hmm. which is my main problem with it. Yeah. Okay, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Oh yeah. What was, what what was his story? His, <laughs> did he have his story was Peter Dinklage gets a phone call to turn up and be abused for his size for a single scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Peter Dinklage's story that's yeah. all he exists for he's in one scene I find it weird that Peter Dinklage in this day and age is still like still now in 2018 he's hired as a dwarf actor well what's he been in recently as a dwarf actor uh, Infinity War I mean he was a giant dwarf but he was still sure. like a dwarf yeah I think the only exception that I'm aware of is X-Men Days Future Past sure you know that great well known film mm-hmm but it's weird because he's a really good actor Yeah. when given the right direction and script. Mm. I mean, yeah, as soon as he comes on and... Because I'd forgotten he's in it. And I was like, oh, Peter Dinklage, fun. Mm. And then Will Ferrell walks into the room. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I know what's going to happen. Oh, God. And then it happened and it happened. And it was kind of funny. But it was also like, oh, God, this is really low-hanging fruit, guys. Like, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he was very game, fair play, but... Mm. I do think Peter Dinklage must sigh sometimes when he reads a script. It's like, then he jumps onto the table and jumps at the guy and pummels him in the face. And he's like, oh, God. Like, well, <laughs> he does everything but kick his shit. I, 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 I imagine a lot of dwarf actors have that have that same sigh whenever they read a script and just like, well, I'm not getting anything else. A gig's a gig, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. If I don't do it, Vern Troy will or something. You know, like, so. yeah. <laughs> Start with the cover. Picture this. You got, uh... Damn it! I'm in love! I'm in love! And I don't care who knows it! Buddy, uh, not now. Uh, can you please go back to the uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh. Boy, you're you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't. Uh, get, get back to the story, please. Uh, <clears throat> so on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here, buddy? I was very excited, actually, when I... Well, I was going to say spotted, but it's more like I heard Princess Carolyn from BoJack Horseman, Amy Sedaris, yeah. was playing the receptionist. Oh, she? Yeah. 
And weirdly, her first line of dialogue is about kittens. Because <laughs> she's on the phone rant, having a really bizarre conversation where she says something like, yes, I suppose I can declaw your kittens. No, I won't charge you. It's like, all right. <laughs> and she's got that really... Dis- I, I, I guess that's how she got the gig of Bojack Horseman. Maybe it's like a meta thing, yeah. Must be. Well, she's a well-known comic actress, and this was a okay. long time before Bojack. I was like, I just really wanted her to say a tongue twister. Just, yes. Just, come on. Say something about Courtney Portnoy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, she didn't really get anything else to do, but I was excited to see and hear her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know, Connie. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Uh, eight? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time. Well, all right, just bring them by the camper this week and I'll see what I can do. I'm not going to charge you. Just bring them by and I'll see what I can do. Okay, should we get to some drinking games? Yeah, so drink whenever somebody says Christmas. Okay, sure, yeah. I mean, that's a good, good way to get wrecked. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Drink for product placement. Yes. Drink whenever someone says Santa. In all your drinking games, drink when someone says X famous Christmas word. Um, so what have you got next? I swear to God, if your next one is drink whenever someone says elf or slay. No. Okay, fine. No. Drink for elf bulge. <laughs> sure. That's a lot of it. It was distracting. Yeah. They're all wearing those really tight little leggings. and <laughs> Nothing's the imagination. <laughs> they even have that like weird full frontal scene. They do? Yeah, when he pulls his pants down in front of the dad and the wife. Ah, uh, I remember that scene, but I didn't see full frontal. You didn't see full frontal. It was shot weirdly, though, because the dad says, get out of the elf costume ASAP. Mm. And he's like, okay, sure. And he just pulls his pants down. Mm. You'd think they'd shoot it from behind, mm-hmm. so you'd see like a bit of bum. Mm-hmm. And you can then infer that then she walks in and sees his cock, and it's like, she screams. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, how very funny, male, male genitalia. Yep. How inappropriate. But they don't do that. They shoot from the front. You don't see his cock, but it's weird that you don't see his cock because he pulls his pants down on camera. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time pausing it. Of course you did. Not, not fucking hell, John. Not because I've got like a deep desire to see Will Ferrell's penis. He doesn't really do it for me, to be honest. But I was just confused because I was like, what's down there? It looked weird. I presume he was wearing like a modesty thing, you know, mm-hmm. like flesh-coloured underwear. Mm-hmm. But it looked weird. It looked like he had no penis. Oh. It really did. If you watch it back, look out for it. Cool. I won't. <laughs> it's true. Honestly. <laughs> well, then when he had a baby later, it made me even more confused. I was like, well, where did that come from? He just wished really hard. Okay. Well, I guess. Okay. I'm if done. Santa exists, it's not a million miles away that a stork might exist. True. Well, there's a sequel. Okay. Well, that's all I've got to say about that. So. Cool. Okay. Um, drunk enough someone says, buddy. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You've made no effort this week. At all. <laughs> So angry. <laughs> if it helps, I just made that one up on the fly. Okay, good. Improv. Do you have mm. an actual? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, drunk whenever something is the wrong size. Okay, sure, yeah. Size, humour. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had some good forced perspective. Mm, yes. Also, yeah. yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. I, I would be interested to watch the behind the scenes, but also, I I'm not that interested. <laughs> in, in theory, you should watch the behind the scenes. In practice, not so much. I'd like to know, but I, can't, I don't want to commit the time. Sure. Okay. Drink every time somebody interrupts a meeting. Yes. Those security guards got more and more lax as the film went along. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> like, at the beginning of the film, they're kind of quite on it. You know, he comes in the first time, they call security, he gets escorted out forcibly. And the second time he comes back in, he doesn't even get up to the office. They're just, like, mm-hmm. taking him away. After that, people are interrupting every single meeting that takes place in the like office. His ten-year-old son. <laughs> yeah, it just walks in. Like, nobody's stopping him. In yeah. the middle of, like, the most important meeting, apparently, of the season you know it's the make mm. or break meeting for the dad mm-hmm. and the son just strolls in in his ridiculous oversized hoodie mm-hmm. cool so any more drink games drink for references to other christmas films 
Such as? Well, the stop-motion animation is a reference to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm. Also, there's the weird bit. Again, considering this is a kid's film, uh, there's the weird bit when Sir James Kahn tells him to get out of his life and to go away after he insults Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. And he runs away. And there's a scene where he stood on the bridge and it's like obviously a reference to It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. I was like, is, is this elf child going to attempt suicide in this film for children? Seemed like a weird reference to make, but then he didn't. He just spots Santa Claus as sleigh, and then that's it. Like, okay, so I guess it was just like a visual nod. Yeah, well, that was close. Yeah? Was he considering suicide if Santa hadn't shown up? I don't know, maybe or maybe he wanted the uh, Christmas angel or whatever it is to uh, sure. to say, like, well, this is what would happen if you did. No. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this shit show of an episode, and uh, you'd like to give us some money in, as a way of saying thank you, um, then, well, you know, it's Christmas. You want to put some Christmas spirit and stuff? I don't know. Like you've demonstrated for this episode? Lots of Christmas spirit? Hey, we're recording this in November, so sure, yeah. let me off. <laughs> but yes, so when you'll be listening to this, it will in fact be December, we will be building up to Christmas. So if you would like to help us buy Christmas presents for all our families, then please send us a little bit of money. Go to Patreon. Uh, is that what we're spending our Patreon money on now? Uh, just go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set I'm going to be checking our accounts <laughs> from January well good luck it's all in my name <laughs> yes go to patreon.com slash beyond the box set and you can donate as much or as little as you'd like and for that for no matter what you donate you get a few things which include a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set where we review films in cinema right now you can also record a 30 second advert for yourself your business anything you want and uh, each patron will get one advert a month and uh, once a month, uh, we'll select a patron who can choose a film for us to do on the main show. Or on the bonus show, if you want us to talk about a film that has sequels already. And uh, you're very welcome to guest on the show, or not, it's up to you. You're the boss. Because you pay our wages. Um, yes, yeah, so all that's available at patreon.com slash set. Thank you very much. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Sequels. Yeah. You? <laughs> this is ludicrous. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll go first this week. Are you sitting comfortably? I have been all, all episode. Good. Are you fully committed to hearing this bit of creative story-selling genius that I'm going to impart on you right now? I can confirm that I'm committed as, as I can be. Okay, good. Well, then I'll begin. Great. So, my sequel... <sighs> King of comedy. King <laughs> of comedy. So, yes, my sequel. It opens once again with a narration from Papa Elf, mm-hmm. the Bob Newhart character. Mm-hmm. He's explaining that this is not a story about Buddy. Uh, this time, he's going to tell the story of another one of his relatives. Jim Carrey? No. Okay. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.? 
No. Meryl Streep. Stop naming actors. <laughs> Me. No, it's not your adversary. Um, I don't want to be in the sequel. So this is the story of Harry. <laughs> <laughs> this could be you, actually, but I decided to cast uh, your nearest acting equivalent. Your closest celebrity equivalent, actually. Hmm. Matthew Perry? No. Hmm. The Rock? <laughs> oh, it's amazing how you see yourself. <laughs> Go on. Okay, fine. So, Papa Elf explains that this is not a story about Buddy. This time he's going to tell the story about... Danny DeVito. Yes! Really? Yeah. All right, great. (laughs) Cool. I mean, I was more going for joke things of, like, who could play me. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. But no, you actually... Great. I actually did, yeah. I mean, I didn't actually write this with you in mind. Uh, But it does fit, obviously, quite well. Cool. Do carry on. I will. This time he's going to tell the story. (laughs) <laughs> Look, you asked for it. Yeah, no point giving me puppy dog eyes now. Yeah. He's going to tell a story of another one of his relatives, uh, his long lost brother, Frank. <laughs> it's not actually always sunny. I just thought I'd call him Frank as a nod. Mm-hmm. That would have been too. This could be Frank, but it involved pulling a few too many storytelling levers that wasn't really okay. here for. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the story of Buddy's long lost brother, Frank. Mm-hmm. We flash back to the North Pole in the 1950s, mm. specifically the nursery for infant elves. This is run by Mrs. Claus, who yeah. we didn't see in this film. No, we didn't. It's Christmas Eve, and while Mrs. Claus's back is turned, one of the baby elves crawls out of the nursery mm-hmm. with the doors open. So this is obviously just a mirror image of the beginning of the actual film. Yeah. Cue a cute montage of him crawling around the grotto, mm-hmm. maybe with some classic Christmas tune playing, you know, mm-hmm. until he arrives in Santa's reindeer hangar, Yes. where the adult elves are throwing bags of toys into the sleigh. Mm-hmm. Spotting some kind of shiny toy See, that he wants. I always assumed that Santa just had the one bag that was like a TARDIS. Oh, no, in this one it's a lot of bags. He's just loading it up, yeah. Not that it matters. Mm. But spotting some kind of shiny toy, the baby crawls into the sack, just like Buddy did in the original film. Mm -hmm. And he accidentally gets loaded onto the sleigh. Mm. Sorry, when did he say this was? In the 1950s. 1950s, okay. Yeah. So the bag with the baby elf gets loaded onto the sleigh, Santa goes on his rounds. Mm -hmm. The baby ends up in the home of an impoverished New York family, where Santa's delivering some presents and the baby elf crawls out of the sack without Santa noticing still. He doesn't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets left there completely unnoticed by Santa Claus. Mm. The next morning, he's discovered by the family who are completely bewildered but decide to take the baby in and raise him as one of their own. Oh, that's the most beautiful Christmas present you can ever receive. What, Danny, a, Danny DeVito. A baby Danny DeVito, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting you this year. <laughs> Cut to the present day and we see that the baby has grown into a short, angry New Yorker played by... Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. He's the exact opposite of Jolly, though. Mm-hmm. He's uh, depressed, he's overworked, he's underpaid, and he has no friends. Worse still, his mother is in the hospital dying of old age. Oh, no. Yeah. This, this film starts a little bleak, but it does end up in a classic Christmas kind of. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, is she his, as far as he knows, his biological mother? Yes. Okay. This is obviously the family that he was adopted by yeah, in the yeah. 1950s. And it's now the present day-ish, obviously. Sure. So, as he visits his mother on her deathbed, she confesses that he's not her natural son. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her deathbed confession. She doesn't want to die without telling him the truth. Mm-hmm. He's not hugely surprised, considering both she and his mother were both blonde and over six feet tall. Yeah. But still, uh, he's still quite shocked. Uh, and she reveals that she tells the story. Did, did, did you mean she and his father? Yeah, what did I say? Mother. Uh, yes, sorry, she and his father. It could mm-hmm. have been a lesbian couple in New York in the 50s. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Sure, but then he would have had other questions of just like, well... Where did I come from? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, these questions might have come sooner if yeah. that had been the case. No, it, it needs to be a situation where he's not going to question where he's come from until now. No, yeah, I didn't actually mean for it to be a lesbian couple. I meant that both the parents were like blonde and athletic mm-hmm. and over six feet tall, mm-hmm. not natural parents to a Danny DeVito baby. Mm-hmm. But yes. 
So she tells the story that he appeared in their home on Christmas Eve, as if by magic, and they were never able to trace where he might have come from, because mm-hmm. there were no clues whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that... Other than all the new presents under the tree. Well, yeah, sure, but they're not going to think, oh, it must have been Santa Claus. I don't know. Well, why wouldn't they? I don't know. But I didn't think... This film had as much logic as the original did. I don't know. Okay. So shortly after... I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you've paired up enough to start picking holes in my sequel, but... I'm doing better. I'm just building myself up for my sequel, so... Sure, can, okay. So I've got at least some energy, enough to look at a phone for a while. Sure. Shortly afterwards, she passes away, mm-hmm. leaving him completely alone in the world. Mm-hmm. So his dad has already passed away at some point? His dad and, his dad and his, any siblings have already passed away or are not in this film, doesn't okay. matter. Yes. When he gets back to his flat, he's alarmed to discover a trio of elves sitting on his couch. Mm-hmm. His first instinct is to assume that he's being robbed and to pull a gun on them. But they manage to overpower him by flinging candy-coated ninja stars at him. Ninja stars? Ninja, yeah, candy-coated ninja stars, yeah. Oh, candy cut. I thought it was a candy cones. And I was like, I was like first, what's a candy cone and then ninja stars? What? Candy-coated, yeah. So they're not going to kill okay. him. They're just going to, you know, like, inca- incapacitate him. They probably hurt. Okay. Uh, once he's been restrained, mm. they explain that they're special envoys from the North Pole Missing Little Persons Division. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> now... I was initially thinking of casting like some working little people actors like uh, Warwick Davis as this, but I actually thought it'd be really funny to do like reverse force perspective, and have like these special envoys be like The Rock and Vin Diesel and. Well, that's kind of what they did with this. Like it, mm. the elves were just regular sized people, just sure. made to look smaller. Yeah, but they weren't. Un- they, they were just. They, they looked like they could be shorts. I want to cast okay. like real like beefcakes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be The Rock, Vin Diesel, and. Chris Hemsworth or something. Ooh, I think you're missing a missing an opportunity there to uh, cast somebody like Tom Cruise. Okay. Someone and who actually uses his real height for once or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Mm. The Rock, Vin Diesel and Tom Cruise? Just use false perspective on two? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think get rid of uh, Vin Diesel because okay. uh, I don't think his height is actually that big anyway. Wesley Snipes or something? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wesley Snipes in there. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So basically three very tough looking elves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 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 no. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name, but from Game of Thrones and who's also Oh, Star Wars. yes, Brienne of Tarth. There yes, we are. Uh, what's that actress called? Gwen. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Yes, that's good. Yep. Okay, sure. Gwendolyn Christie, The Rock, and. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise. <laughs> they incapacitate Danny DeVito. Yeah, and they, we do like a false perspective where they're all like a clear foot short of the Danny DeVito. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they managed to restrain him. <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah. And, the, and yeah, they explain that they're special envoys from the North Pole Missing Little Persons Division. Mm-hmm. They mostly focus on tracking down elves who try to escape from Santa's workshop. Mm. And they've been working on his case for decades. Because mm-hmm. it turns out that Santa is a bit of a dictator. Not a surprise. Really. Not a surprise. Oh, no. Because so, I did notice in this film, it's Christmas Eve. He goes off. You know, he, the elves work really hard and they give him all the presents and he mm. goes off and delivers them. This is the beginning of the film. Mm. And then he comes back and he's like, another successful Christmas. And they go, yay! And then he goes back to work then. It's like, did the elves not like get a day off to celebrate this monumental achievement they do every year? Apparently not. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're referred to as Santa's elves, not referred yeah. to as the elves. That's true. They have no autonomy. Mm. Yeah. And it's owned by Santa. Indeed. Yeah. <gasps> so Maybe they're all robots. They're not robots in this film. Okay. Maybe in yours. So That's the kind of low energy ideas you can expect. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that of robot elves. <laughs> hey, beggars can't be choosers at this point. So much in the same way that he arbitrarily orders children into the naughty and nice list, mm-hmm. he also treats his elves very well if they behave. Mm-hmm. But if they step out of line, there's dire consequences. Yeah. Also, no trueborn elf is ever allowed to leave the North Pole without permission. 
Okay. So they're essentially slaves. Yes. So despite his furious protests, Danny DeVito is hauled forcibly into a sack and uh, escorted back to the North Pole to face trial. Oh, do you think that Danny DeVito is the size that he is, I don't mean in height, because of the diet that he's been on? He's been on a regular human diet, but he's an elf? Maybe, yeah, maybe he just, yeah, he's really addicted to sugary snacks, so he does his mm. best, but yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he doesn't know where that can come from, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that can be a nice little character detail. Like, yeah. Because yeah. I'm wondering, why is he bigger than all the other elves? Because if you're doing false perspective on The Rock and Gwendolyn Christie, but you're not on him, like, why? Because he's supposed to be an elf. I get that you've cast a shorter person. Oh, I see. What, do you think elves... So, some, have... some, something about the fact he's been eating human food for 50 years, or however old he is... He's turned out the way he is, where he's somewhere between an elf and a human. I didn't give that much thought, but sure, okay, yeah. yeah now I'm putting logic here that's already flawed because I mean, I only, yeah. Will Ferrell looks like Will Ferrell. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I just I just like the idea of them being shorter than Danny DeVito. I think that's a funny visual yeah. gag, but it doesn't really matter. He, they could all be the same size. Mm-hmm. Maybe Danny DeVito is the Rock of elves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's actually yeah. super tall by yeah. elf standards. Yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so. He goes back to the North Pole and faces trial for his crime of, you know, escaping. Mm-hmm. Due to his extreme youth at the time of his escape, mm. he's given a chance to redeem himself. If he can readjust and become a productive team player, he can stay in Santa's workshop. However, if he fails, he will be condemned to the cookie-making department, which, as the first movie established, is extremely dangerous and has a very high mortality rate. Yes. Do you remember that scene? Yes. In the, inside the tree, the yes. fires, yeah. So that's like, you know, what he's trying to avoid. It's weird because nowhere else that we see actually seems to be a particularly flammable area. No, just inside trees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the only place they do any cooking. Yeah. yeah. Elf logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously Frank just wants to go back to Earth, but that's not an option. So the movie's going to follow him as he does a complete reverse of what Will Ferrell does, in which he starts off as a grumpy New Yorker trying to fit in as a holly jolly Christmas elf. Mm-hmm. At first, he just does not want to be there and constantly tries to escape and he's really rebellious and angry. But as he kind of sets to work begrudgingly in the workshop, he does discover abilities he never knew that he had, such as his supernaturally fast toy construction and present wrapping abilities. Mm -hmm. However, he will accidentally melt the jazzy snowman (laughs) after sneaking out for a cigarette break and setting fire to a Christmas tree. Great. As punishment for that, he's going to be redistributed to present testing, where, where Will Ferrell was doing all the jack-in-a-box testing, mm-hmm. where he's going to get very angry and frustrated and end up throwing several Mr. Potato Heads at his supervisor. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine Danny DeVito in, just in full rage, just like, you know, yeah. that's what I'm getting at here. After that, he's almost banished, but his long-lost brother, who is the Bob Newhart character, of course, pleads for mercy and manages to get him redistributed again to the lowest job of all in Santa's workshop, which is cleaning out the reindeer stables. Of course. Yes. Yep. While he's there... He reluctantly starts to form a bond with some of the reindeer, particularly the non-red-nosed ones, mm-hmm. because he relates to the fact that they're always getting overshadowed by their flashier co-worker. <laughs> so he also starts to reconnect with his brother, the Bob Newhart character, mm-hmm. out of gratitude for the fact that he stuck his neck out to kind of protect him, even though there was no reason to, because he'd just been a complete asshole all the time mm-hmm. he's been here. And yeah, the film's going to conclude with some kind of Christmas crisis. One of the reindeer is going to get sick. And he's going to have to nurse it back to health. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to recreate the scene from Jurassic Park with Dr. Ellie Sattler, where one of the reindeers, let's say Blitzen, is going to be lying on its side, kind of breathing heavily, like, oh, well, she's really ill. Mm-hmm. And there's just going to be a giant mound of poo. Mm-hmm. And Danny DeVito is going to go through all the poo with his hands, like, you know, he's going to find a way to figure out what the problem with this reindeer is. By going through the poo? Yeah. That's what Ellie Sattler does with the Triceratops, remember? No. You've seen, I know you don't like it, but you've seen Jurassic Park. Once. 
You only see Jurassic Park once. Well, I didn't like it. Why would I watch it again? Oh, have you avoided it? It's always on TV. Yeah, I just watch other things. Okay, well, there's you, a famous you, 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 know, you know that your remote control has many buttons. You can change the channel, you can mute the telly, you can turn the telly off, you can, you know, just leave the apartment once in a while and go... And I will go. not be lectured on you for watching too much TV. <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there's a famous scene in Jurassic Park where the Laura Dern character, uh, there's a six triceratops and it's lying on its side and next to it is this enormous mountain of poo. Mm-hmm. And Laura Dern sticks her hands into the poo and she kind of feels through it all and she figures out what it's been eating and that's what's making it sick. Hmm. So I'm paying tribute to that because I think it'd be really funny to have Danny DeVito putting his hands in a load of reindeer poo. Hmm. Okay. If you say so. Are you happy? No, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going through the poo with his hands until he finds the cause of the infection, which is that Blitzen has been eating poisoned pine cones. Yeah. By altering her diet, he manages to nurse her back to health just in time to rescue Christmas. Mm -hmm. So the film ends with Santa congratulating him and offering him the chance to return to his life on Earth as a reward for saving Christmas. Mm -hmm. However, Frank declines, as he has finally found a family and discovered his true Christmas spirit. So he opts to remain in the North Pole as a happy little elf for the rest of his days. The end. Sure, yeah. Any questions? No, not really. Any thoughts? Mm, I liked it. That's a thought, I guess. Yeah. There's not many thoughts happening right now. <laughs> Are there ever? <laughs> right, I'll see you then. All right, okay. So, um, mine, I was determined to uh, have a title with the two in one of the words. Oh, okay, sure. So, I've called it The Twelfth Days of Christmas, as in two elf. Oh, The Two Elf Days of Christmas. Okay, like mm-hmm. it, sure. So, Buddy is now, this is a sequel. Sure. Um, Buddy is now living a normal life in New York. Um, living with uh, Zoe Deschanel, mm-hmm. who works in the same Christmas store, um, while uh, Buddy stays at home and uh, looks after their, their kid, who is now like three or four or something, I don't know. Or... The age that a kid can be good fun on screen. Sure, a toddler, yeah. Mm. Now, one day, there was a knock at the door. Buddy runs to the door, shouting, Coming! He opens the door and says, Hello, nice to... But there's nobody there. He looks okay. down, and it's Papa Ralph. Oh, Okay. So just do one of those jokes where the door opens and there's nobody there, but it's just somebody a who's short not, person, not, yeah. not... Yeah. Papa Elf is there. Okay. Yes. That is his name, right? Yes. Good. <gasps> Papa! Then Buddy reaches down and gives him a big hug. I'm reading it like I'm reading to a child. This is great. No, please do. <laughs> it's great to see you as always, Buddy, but we really need to talk. What is it? How's Santa? How's everybody? Do they know it's Christmas Day tomorrow? Y- yes, we know it's Christmas tomorrow. That's, that's, that's why I'm here. Oh, what am I getting this year? What's Buddy Junior getting this year? Buddy, Santa has been kidnapped. He's gone for a kid's nap? Well, ah, it's Christmas tomorrow. He needs his energy. No, Buddy, he's been stolen away from us by the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny has stolen Santa. The Easter Bunny. Is this like a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of vibe where the Easter Bunny's trying to, like, I've break not, it? I've not seen that. Okay. Carol? Why? Well, because Bunny is jealous and wants to ruin Christmas so that people look forward to Easter instead. Okay. Not quite as the same as Nightmare Before Christmas. I've not seen it, so I can't copy it. Fine. But Easter's boring. Easter Bunny doesn't give presents. Sony gives chocolate, which, you know, I've got anyway. Uh, buddy, we need you to deliver the presents this year and then go and save Santa. Okay. So that's what the plot of this is going to be. Okay. Now, given that Zoe's still at work, Buddy can't leave Buddy Jr. home alone. Um, he's not that irresponsible. Okay, um, good. So he decides to, to take him with him. Oh, okay. So like a little father-son adventure. Yeah. Now, this is going to be... So, a whole adventure about Buddy and Buddy Jr. travelling the world, delivering all the presents. Okay. In a very short space of time. Now, they're not very good at it. 
because right. obviously they've not done it before. Neither of them are Santa, mm-hmm. although he is dressed as Santa and has the what I've written here is the, the the one sack that's like a TARDIS that's just you know got everything in it. Okay, sure. In, in your version, Santa is a one sack kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Well, I mean, you can't fit all the presents in the world into one sleigh. So no, maybe the sleigh is the TARDIS. We're doing it with the sack. Okay, sure. Yes, they're not very good at it. They constantly keep uh, knocking into chimney parts, getting stuck in the chimney, dropping breakable presents, all sorts of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And also, as they're not very good at it, they are running very behind schedule. Okay. And so daylight starts to catch up with them, and with it, more and more often, the houses they enter have people waking up, until eventually people are actually up, and then they'll sort of sneak around houses a little bit. So they're causing panic and chaos and people thinking the houses are being broken into kind of stuff. Probably, yeah. The last one we see is people are actually stood around a Christmas tree wondering where their presents are. Okay. And then they have to like, cause some distractions or something and essentially sneak the presents in without being seen. It's because they're so late that people think the presents mm. haven't arrived. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay, I see. So it's daylight on Christmas Day where the Santa finished? Yes. Okay. So yeah, they, they managed to do that and yeah, they win. It's- Great. Happily ever after. Um, Good sequel pitch, Harry. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so they finish all the presents, and then they go back home and drop off Buddy Jr. Okay. Um, Zoe is a bit pissed off, but he understands that you know, they had to do that to save Christmas, and now Buddy needs to go and save Santa. So he's leaving the kid with Zoe Deschanel? Yeah. And going off on his own to save Santa? Yeah, that might be a bit a bit too dangerous. You never know what the Easter Bunny's up to. I mean, you can guess, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, John? What does the Easter Bunny do the best time of the year? I don't know. I know. Well, you're, you're about to find out. Shag. So, um, wow, John. It's a bunny. Wow. Super mature. That's what bunnies do. Mm-hmm. What else do bunnies do? Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're, they're cute. They, 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 they be fluffy. Yeah, they fucking eat lettuce. That's the life of a bunny. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so, Buddy uses Santa's sleigh to fly to the North Pole and speak with Santa's elves where they devise a plan. Okay. So, Buddy gets back in the sleigh. And flies to where they expect to find the Easter Bunny. Do you know where the Easter Bunny um, is? You know, I don't. No, me neither. So I said Easter Island. Okay, sure. Say so that makes sense. That's the closest thing to sense that there is in this. How does the Easter Bunny travel? Giant hopping. I suppose that's the. I I, yeah. I I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Well, that's the thing with this exactly. The whole Easter story is just very untold. Okay. I mean, perhaps the religious element is quite well told, but the actual Easter Bunny stuff. Yeah, not so much. Not so much, yeah. So, okay. Yes, they, they go to Easter Island. Uh, he lands on the roof um, of their factory and climbs down the chimney. Of the Easter Bunny's factory? Yes. Okay. In the factory, there are loads of chocolate birds all laying chocolate eggs. Ugh. What, like um, in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Okay, sure. So there's, uh, there's chocolate chicken. It's not a particularly attractive image. Yeah. Well, you, you eat animal produce. Yeah. So wh- where's your issue with this? Oh, yeah, they just sound like a bunch of birds crapping into a mixer. I don't know. No, they're just laying eggs. You eat eggs. Okay. So I mean, I mean, I mean, their eggs are chocolate. You said that they were. Cho- yeah, you said that they were making chocolate. and just sounded like poo, but fine. I said laying eggs, didn't I? Did I not? Don't think so. I said loads of chocolate birds all laying chocolate eggs. That's... A chocolate egg sounds like a poo. Birds <laughs> lay eggs. The fact that they're chocolate is just a different description. God fine. damn it, John! I'm trying hard. I'm so sorry, you're right. Okay, so there's chocolate chickens, geese, swans, flamingos. Buddy could swear he saw a pterodactyl flying around up there. There's all sorts of birds. Yikes. At the far end of the factory, there is an office covered in paper snowflakes on the glass, which is clearly just like a message of like, Santa's here. Okay. So Buddy goes in and uh, sees Santa tied up in a chair and gagged with tinsel and ribbon. Oh my God. 
Uh, but he goes to help him. But before he can get there, he gets kicked by a loud pair of legs, which is obviously the Easter Bunny. Mm. Now, the bunny is going to be a claymation monster. Oh, okay. About eight foot tall. Yikes. So Buddy says, Ah, oh, you've lost Bunny. I've already delivered all the presents and saved Christmas, so now I'm going to save Santa. And Bunny's like, Oh, yeah, you and what army? Who's voicing the bunny? By the way, this idea was kind of stolen from somebody online. I've forgotten the name. That'll come up later. They said the Easter Bunny should be Christopher... Wa- no, not Christopher Walken. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz? Uh, yeah, good call. Good mm. call, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, they say, Oh, yeah, you and what army? That's pretty much their only line, I think. Uh, this one, Buddy puts down a present sack and outrun all the elves. Ooh. And a giant fight ensues between the elves and all the birds. Okay. Um, with, I guess, Buddy taking on the Easter Bunny. Sure. Buddy and Bunny going, going against it. Just like fisticuffs. Probably, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, he's got a candy cane, like, as a sword or something. Yeah. The Easter Bunny's just, like, throwing stuff at him. Yeah. Maybe trying to bite him with his big bunny teeth. I guess, yeah. Hmm? Whacking him with his ears. Yeah. I feel, oh, the bunnies, I feel like the bunny would be quite good at like mixed martial arts. Yes. Big big feet, lots of like springy, jumpiness. Yes. I also think it would be quite fun to see Will Ferrell going against a claymation monster. Yes. I would, I would like it if it was terribly animated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, all, all the elves are going into the birds, but the elves have got all their sweet weapons with them, but the birds are literally just animals that are just trying to peck at them. Right, sure, yeah. Although a goose can break a man's arm, so, you know, imagine what it could do to an elf. Isn't that a swan? Whatever, I don't know. What's the difference? The difference is a broken anyway, arm again. So going across the wrong animal. Essentially, there are many casualties on both sides. Oh, no. But the elves have the upper hand, and thanks to the help from the reindeer as well. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, are they going to charge in at the end like the cavalry? Yeah, I, I reckon the reindeer are going to take on the pterodactyls. Sure, okay. <laughs> this story's... <laughs> <laughs> this story's really gone some places. <laughs> so, yeah, they win the fight, and uh, they have Santa... And then the bunny uh, starts tapping the floor with its leg. Okay. Like in a, in a secret pattern sort of thing. Oh, you're screwed now. Here's my biggest egg layer. As the bunny says that, a large trap door to the basement opens and out flies a chocolate dragon. Oh, no. Like one of the Game of Thrones dragons. Yes. Okay, nice. Pretty much. You know, they, they've got normal dragons. They've now essentially got an ice dragon. And, and now there's a chocolate dragon. a chocolate dragon. Oh, wow. Okay. So the elves all run into the bag very quickly. And Santa and Buddy run to the sleigh. They jump on and rush off as fast as they can. Okay. Um, so Bunny has kidnapped Santa again? No. Oh, Buddy. Buddy. Buddy and Santa jumped on the sleigh. Okay, sorry. There's an issue. Yeah, so uh, Buddy throws leftover presents at the dragon to try and distract it. Okay. While Santa um, steers the sleigh and, you know, gets them into the air. When they're in mid-flight, the dragon breathes fire in their direction, which actually is a bit of a mistake because the dragon has only ever laid eggs at this point in its life. And uh, as it's made out of chocolate... Chocolate's not very good for withstanding heat. Oh, so it melts itself? Yeah, it, it, its face melts off and it just then crashes down oh, into no. the factory, um, <laughs> turning the entire factory into a chocolate gooey mess. Oh, continue the research, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's, that's that's pretty much it. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't know if I want to finish on the line of like the Easter Bunny going, like, you've not seen the last of me or something. I think so, yeah. Um, is the Easter Bunny going to be melting in all the molten chocolate? Or is oh, he... the Easter Bunny's not made of chocolate. Okay, he's the only one who's not made of chocolate. Yeah. So what's he made of? Clay, I guess. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, okay sure. Yeah. So that's um, that's that. That's, the for some reason, the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. That's... There was going to be a thing of, like, it was going to be, like, 12 days before they could get Santa back. Right, sure, yeah. But, like, the 12 days of Christmas start on, like, Christmas Day, so mm. that's the first half of the story there, and then it's... Maybe it took him 12 days to deliver all the presents. I was kind of thinking that as well, but then, like, that's a lot of daytime present giving. Yeah. And also, who's still waiting for their presents on January 6th? Well, they'll be super surprised. They'll have given up all hope by then. Christmas trees will be down by then. Yeah. We'll look at the presents. 
I don't know, just chase them down on the way back to work. Just take the presents! <laughs> take them! Yeah, sure. Okay, so Will Ferrell and a four-year-old kid, they're just running around different streets and stuff, just forcing presents in people's hands. Yeah. Okay. And that could work too, I guess. Cool. Like it. Right. Okay. Okay, have you got any letter submissions this week? Oh, I've got one or two. Cool. So, Troy Othro says, a sequel explaining why parents of children that believe in Santa believe that they bought the gifts that Santa brought them. Like, seriously, why are parents not confused as to where those gifts came from in universes like this? That's a very good point, yeah. Elliot Priest says, Personally, I have a theory that Elf is a sequel to Misery. <laughs> James Kahn's character, Walter Buddy's father, is actually Paul Sheldon from Misery. Paul Sheldon being his uh, author pseudonym, but he became jaded after his ordeal with the hands of Annie Wilkes. Okay. I bet that means nothing to you, does Not it? even slightly. We're going to do Misery at some point. It's a great film. It sounds beautiful. Also starring James Kahn. Yeah. Okay, so Sean Keith. This is the idea that I stole from because, you know, my energy levels are... Uh, um, so Santa is kidnapped by a jealous-slash-psychotic Easter bunny mm-hmm. and Buddy has to step up to save the day by either delivering the gifts himself or make it a Christmas action movie where he saves Santa. Obviously, I did both. Yes. Either way, he should use machine guns, also get Bruce Willis to cameo as John McClane, um, and uh, finally, Christoph Waltz is the Easter bunny. That's all. So, you know, I, I'll see how I took some of that. Yeah. Not, not all of it, but... Uh, yeah, turn something. So thank, thank you, Sean, for that, and uh, sorry for stealing an idea. Josh Palmer says, maybe not a full feature, but a short about the Norwell. The Norwell, yeah, sure. Yeah. That, that, Which was also voiced by John Favreau. Was it? Yes. Yeah. Benton Colley says, Shortland, a prequel starring Will Ferrell playing his character through ages 10 to 15, growing up in the North Pole, and all the struggles it entailed, e.g. bullied by the Triad Elves for being different, not understanding where all the toys went, why Santa didn't like him as much as he grew taller, maybe. Why he was so good at basketball, eventually understanding the meaning of Christmas, or yada yada. Did he actually write yada yada yada, or did you just run out of ideas? No, he wrote, yada, he, wrote, he wrote yada yada. Okay, sure. Joshua Scar says there's a terrible animated retelling of Elf on Hulu called Elf, Buddy's Musical Christmas, mm-hmm. starring Jim Parsons as Buddy. Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. And now to actually answer the question, I'd like a prequel about a teenage Buddy at the North Pole going on a Hobbit-style adventure with the animated creatures to find a MacGuffin and hilarity in tears. Nice, okay. Yes, that... I'd like to see more of the animated stuff. I think that's what people are generally saying here. Yeah, the animated stuff was, was cute mm. and charming, yes. Joel Lemmett says, I'd like a half-hour spin-off of, here we go, of the animated puppets a la Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Just funnier and maybe a bit weirder. Hashtag Mr. Narwhal for the win. Cool. Very popular for a one-line character. Yes. Christina Bailey says, spin-off to those elves making cookies in that flammable tree. <laughs> and uh, she also says, spin-off to that dirt guy who wanted a spa getaway. Mm-hmm. Mary Catherine Harrington says sequel where Santa is out of commission for whatever reason and Buddy has to become Santa sure yeah cool that's, yeah. that's kind of what I, you did I, yeah, yeah I've done that too oh, yeah. and uh, finally uh, one of our patron supporters oh. Mark Reed, who was on one of our episodes uh, Behind the Mask The Rise of Leslie Vernon ah uh, yeah great I, film I really enjoyed that I enjoyed that too Buddy stumbles upon another Santa Claus Tim Allen Oh, of course, yeah. And learned that all along there have been two Santas. The explanation will be that despite magic, it's still very difficult to deliver the gifts for just one man. In this way, his own magical Christmas will be somewhat destroyed because he's been lied to about Santa. Mm-hmm. His own Santa will explain that no elf has ever known this and no elf can ever know, as it's the elves that are the originators of the Santa magic. Because Buddy isn't technically an elf, he doesn't affect this. Okay. Logic holds up. D- yeah. Can't the movie know. will be about his, his own learning about the myth of Santa without ruining the Santa part for kids. Whether he should tell his daughter the truth about Santa, he will eventually become very attached to the Tim Allen Santa, 
because this Santa will be happy to have his wife and daughter to live there. So they move to that Santa's grotto, where he fits in better and is then promoted to head elf. Nice. Very nice. So, yes, I guess he switches sides. Okay, cool. In, in this kind of Santa Claus rivalry. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that's that. Okay, so I have some as well. Matt Hanley had the inevitable Elf 2. That's it. Oh, right, <laughs> okay. Sequel. I asked for a pitch, a pitch for an Elf sequel, he just said Elf 2. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Joe Herman said Elf well, 2. I mean, it's, it's solid. Yeah. yeah, the logic is irrefutable. Yeah. Uh, Joe Herman said Elf 2 back on the shelf. That's what I wanted to do. Elf was, on the shelf, yeah. I was trying to think of, like, words that had ELF in it, and shelf came up, but I couldn't think of what to do with it. We know there's a whole meme, Ugh. Elf on the Shelf. Is it? Yeah. What does it mean? I don't know. It's a thing. What is a meme? Well, get used to it, because there's a lot more Elf on the Shelf humour coming in these, these submissions. <sighs> so, uh, Joe Herman also... Oh, you'll like this one better, though. Before telling you this one, I'll remind you that the guy who played his biological father was the actor James Kahn. Okay. Yep. No, I had that one. Okay, cool. So Joe Herman's other idea is Elf 2, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and you like that. Uh, Nicky Masters said, Elf 2, he dies in this one. Christmas is cancelled. Twisted. So, wait, so wait, Buddy dies. Buddy dies, yeah. And they cancel Christmas because Buddy dies. Yeah. It feels a bit selfish. Well, yeah, the elves go into mourning, I don't know. Or maybe she's just saying that, like, this beloved Christmas film, Christmas is cancelled because this character dies oh so real life Christmas is, is cancelled because they made a film with Will Ferrell where Will Ferrell dies I guess yeah got it mm. alright okay uh, Dan Rabinowitz said it's Hook but Christmas now you have seen Hook right yeah I have now okay. let me just think about this okay. so because I think this is good the more you think about it Buddy is the uh, Robin Williams character yes and has he forgotten about Christmas? He's forgotten about being an elf. Now he's a, like he a, doesn't believe in Christmas anymore. Yeah, he's, become, he's, he, he's become his father. Yes. Oh, and the kids get abducted by Santa. I don't know who's Buddy's nemesis in this film. He doesn't really have one, does no, he? No, there's, there isn't the bad guy. Maybe the evil Santa, the fake Santa, who gets into the whole fight with. Oh, Tim Allen. Or Tim Allen from your film. Yeah, cross over. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Allen. He gets kidnapped by Tim Allen. Great. Okay, so then there's a Santa off happening, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Yes, he's got to go and rescue his kids or something and believe in Santa again. And yeah. maybe if he says, like, I don't believe in Santa, an elf dies. Yeah. Oh, God. Done. Okay, move on. Okay. I like Hook. It's a good film. It's a good film. I would love to do it on this. Could we? I mean, it's kind of a... Yeah. But it's kind of its own thing as well as being a sequel. Nah. Like, no. Hey, if anyone of our patrons wants us to do a bonus episode on Hook, mm. hit us up. We would be well up for that. Mm. Okay, anyway, moving on. Connor Crehan said, Elf 2. The front lines of the war on Christmas. Sounds like a lot. Okay. Yeah. Krista Pace Martin said, Paul Blart, more elf. Great. Okay, sure. Adam Capitania says, Health. God, I guess it's a horror film. People are way better than me at this. Nathan Cazoyle said, Elves. There are two of them now. The other one's probably John C. Riley. <laughs> also sure. featuring Nicolas Cage's Krampus. Brennan Miles said, Two elf, two shelf. Meh. Yeah. Okay. That's a jealousy mare. A jealousy mare, okay. Uh, Stuart Jip said, make it an endless franchise in the vein of like Avatar and Fantastic Beasts, etc. Purely so the 12th movie can be called 12th. Yes. <laughs> uh, Spencer Cop said, a prequel in which we follow Buddy's English great-grandfather, who was also raised in the North Pole as an elf. Apparently the destiny and the prophecy of their bloodline or something. When he journeys out into the real world to find his family in England, he is pressed into military service. The year is 1914. Buddy the First brings Christmas cheer to the trenches 
and brings about the Christmas truce of 1914 before being tragically killed. The name? War Elf. <laughs> sure. Bleak, but sure. Yeah. Oh, and he has to have sex at some point, you know, for continuity. Yep. Sure. Uh, Mike Carey said Elf versus the Shelf. What is Elf on the Shelf? I don't know. I'm going to Google it. I feel like it needs explaining to me before we carry on. Okay, fine, yeah. Oh, it's a book. The Elf on the Shelf is a beloved Christmas book, apparently, published in 2005. Oh. Well, there we go. Now we know. Dennis Fanning said Elf 2, the buddy system. Buddy takes over Christmas when Santa gets ill and vows to make it the most Christmassy Christmas that's ever Christmased. Jake Ben said Elf 2, Christmas in July. Buddy convinces Santa that he should also deliver presents in July. Two Christmases a year. What could possibly happen? Fair. Yeah. That's, that's good. I like that one. Yeah. Jed Jong said, Buddy goes on a road trip to Middle Earth to meet his distant cousin Legolas. <laughs> I mean, they're both tall. Yeah, sure. No, yeah, that works. Over to Twitter. Bloatbusters, at Bloatbusters, said, Elf 2, Kringle goes crazy. After the events of the first film, Santa snaps and murders Buddy. It's effectively an elf snuff movie. Did I mention that I don't like this film? Who was that? That was Paul from Bloatbusters, who <sighs> did in fact last week mention that he doesn't like this film on air. So. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Glad to see you were paying attention. Yeah. Hey, that was last week. Yeah, true. Daniel Tickner, at one Aussie Nerd one mm-hmm. said, After revealing that Christmas spirit can be used as fuel, the government tries to reverse engineer the magic with Santa's help. That's a thinker. Well, you know, because in the film it's like Christmas spirit fuels the... I don't know, I understand. I'm just sort of thinking like... It could solve everything. It could solve climate change. If you just believe in climate yeah. change. Or something. <laughs> Deny us a climate change. Yeah, but if, you well, if everyone believed in climate change, that would help. Yes, but then when it went away, it'd be more difficult to believe about climate change. Mm-hmm. So then it would come back. And then you'd be able to believe in it again, so it would go away, and it would and just stuck would in this endless loop. Okay, I feel like I've ruined your idea, but carry on. No, well, you am interested to see the cogs wearing there. Yeah. At quiz Sorry. And, at Quiz and Hers said, Inside the Elf's studio, mm. in which Will Ferrell and John Favreau sit down with James Lipton, who was the host of the American TV show, Inside the Actor's Studio, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes and clarify every infuriating plot hole in this flaming turd of a film. (laughs) Oh, I'm on your side. Mm. Uh, Cinema Recall, at cinema underscore recall. In the sequel, a box from Rare Exports shows up at Buddy's door. Rare Exports, by the way, is a Finnish Christmas horror movie. I looked it up. A massive bloodbath happens while Zoe Deschanel sings Christmas favourites. Okay. I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here for a Finnish Christmas horror movie. If I'd known about that sooner, I would have recommended it. Yes. Next year, doing that. Great. Okay, those are my sequel ideas. Good. So if you have any sequel ideas for Elf, or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Acast, and Google Play. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set, or at Beyond the Box Set for Twitter. You can also support us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set. And we have merchandise available exclusively on TeePublic. Just go to tpublic.com and search beyond the box set or follow the links on our website. So, Harry, next week, mm-hmm. it's my turn. Mm-hmm. And I've chosen a film I'm very happy with. Mm-hmm. It's another festive classic. <sighs> okay, hit me. What is it? Okay, it's a film that's on Netflix right now. Convenient. And it's a little film called Jack Frost. Is this an animation? No. Who is Jack Frost? Who's the who's the actor? 
so I will tell you because there are two films called Jack Frost that are completely unrelated. Mm. One is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. One is a, a warm-hearted family film. I hope you've done a horror movie. It's the warm-hearted family film. God damn it. That's the one that's on Netflix, I think. But yeah, that's, I think that's the only one on Netflix, but that's the one I wanted to watch. Mm. It stars Michael Keaton. Mm. So like a young Michael Keaton or an old Michael Keaton? Like 90s Michael Keaton. Okay. So like in the middle. Yeah. yeah, that'll do. Yeah. That's what I mean by young Michael Keaton. Sure. He was pretty much born in 1989, right? Was he ever young? He was not born in 1989. Well, no, because that's when he did his first film, you know. <laughs> you mean he was born a star in 1989? Mm, well, sure. Okay. That's the you want to put it, then, yeah. Sure. Yeah, so Jack Frost is mm. our film for next week. Mm. I think that's the end. Oh, thank God. So, yeah, um, join us next week for Jack Frost. Bye, everybody. Bye. sit on a throne of lies.